0: Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're at Chef's story, Wednesday at noon, but today, um, lucky me, I'm not at the International Culinary Center. I am sitting at per se with Thomas Keller. Um, Thomas needs no introduction. He has a constellation of starred restaurants. Usually we start the show with going into someone's background and their childhood and things like that. I'm going to skip over that. But just for those of you who might not know, um, Thomas um, was uh, born in California. His mother worked in restaurants, I believe a country club. He worked in the summer in these clubs. He was Hugely influenced by Master Chef Roland Hennin. he worked at Tayevon Gisevois. He really paid his dues. He even paid his dues in New York. He opened many restaurants or a few before he opened the legendary French Laundry, Perse, Bouchon, and we know uh, that he has um, multiple restaurants that are as casual as Bouchon Bistro and ad hoc. So, I've and he's won every award. So I going to say. Welcome, Thomas. Thank you for spending some time and talking with us.
1: Well, no, it's a pleasure to be here, Dorothy. It's always nice uh, to see you. And... Flattery will get you anywhere, <laughs> everywhere.
0: I'm just happy I'm sitting here with you today. So, um, I think a lot of people are out there. They they know that you've um, you have great chefs, and you still get behind mm-hmm. there, and you still cook. Mm-hmm. So, I want to talk about your present life today. Mm-hmm. I think we're all intrigued by.
1: Mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, what I love about my life today, there's so many there's so many things I I am truly blessed um, I've been very fortunate and certainly some goals I never even thought about when I started to, to, to work as a young cook um, there wasn't much opportunity to, to do some of the things we do today and this was not such a long, long time ago 35 years ago um, but things that I enjoy today I enjoy being in my restaurants I enjoy now the being, excitement now being isn't
0: being the chef. Do no, you no, enjoy no, being No, working?
1: no, no, not being the chef. I'm, I'm no longer a chef. To, I was a chef de cuisine. It was probably in 2006 at the French Laundry when I finally transitioned out of that position. I started having multiple restaurants. Up until then, up until 2004, our restaurants consisted of the French Laundry, Bouchon. Um, in 2004, we had an expansion. An expansion to Las Vegas with Bouchon, an expansion to New York City with Per Se. It began to become difficult for me to really have an influence on those restaurants, Being in the same community, on the same street, three-minute walk from one another. And I, I began to realize physically that I have the capacity to do those 15 hours, you know, five six days a week uh, in the kitchen, much like an athlete. You know, when they start to 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 get in, you know, they can't do. The 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 things they did when they were 22 years old. I'm overseeing the restaurants. I'm involved in the restaurants. As you said, what you know, what do, am I excited about? I'm excited to be in my restaurants. I'm excited to to be working with the sous chefs, with the pastry chefs, with the general managers, with the with the captains, with the with the servers. And it's very fascinating. And and, and certainly, I'm I'm learning it a lot still. I'm learning about the 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 restaurant. What it is about our restaurants. That we need to be able to improve on being able to ask the question daily. You know, not just about our food. You know, what is it? How does the, the, the service integrate with with the kitchen? More, um, make sure that we have that same level of understanding, that same level of respect that that is required in the, in a true team environment, whether it's in the dining room, whether it's in the offices, whether it's in the kitchen. Give them what they need to continue evolution, and part of that, but part of it, much part of it, is knowledge and the opportunity to express themselves, the opportunity to understand what they're doing, so that they can they can learn themselves from what they're. It
0: sounds like you're an incredible CEO because you know <laughs> because one huge thing is succession planning. Mm-hmm. You know that you have to have, and I don't think that many chefs think that way mm-hmm. uh, of succession planning in a, a business uh, group. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. and. And
1: um so but there's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm not saying. No, no, it's but wrong. But, but, no. but a lot of the public think that the chef needs to be in the kitchen. People ask me always okay, and I'm going, well, you know, Mr. Smith, it's you know, whether I'm there or not, you know, the mm-hmm. restaurant, you know, exceeds your expectations. Um I you know, I want to be able to see you of course, but you know, it's important to understand that in today's environment, yes you know, a lot of the a lot of my colleagues have multiple restaurants. We, the The succession planning is very important, but but more important than that is is making sure that their staff to continue to evolve and continue to grow, and to the point where you're actually letting them go. I mean, they have to move on, you know, from from your restaurants in order.
0: Well, I you know, I think uh, restaurants used to be mom and pop
1: mm-hmm.
0: affairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and what it really needed, I think mm-hmm. Meyer did mm-hmm. a lot of this, is bring enlightened management mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the dictatorship of a chef. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Scuffier started in the military. Mm-hmm. But in the 70s, American companies went through enlightened ma- management. And I think what you're doing mm-hmm. for a 21st century restaurant, mm-hmm. that attitude, because a chef can't Stay engaged, uh, mm-hmm. or it's very hard or difficult mm-hmm. for decades. It's really forging um, perhaps the new the uh, the new path mm-hmm. because we're all living longer. Mm-hmm. We all want to still. And you were smart enough to figure it out <laughs> ten years ago, saying <laughs> succession planning. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to inspire my staff mm-hmm. and help them grow. I know in the past, uh, chefs used to like round up all their staff and take them. How how do you well? How do you pick people to work mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, especially how do you pick the chef mm-hmm. to su- succeed yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: don't. What I don't necessarily. Yeah, I don't necessarily pick them. They become obvious. Um, I think that they, you know, they are the ones that, um, uh, you know, our job and part of our job is to make sure that we hire the right people. Right. That's a very important thing. So, what
0: are some of those elements?
1: Because I think one of the strongest reasons to hire somebody is because of their desire. Right. People talk about passion like it's some emotion that you need to have to be successful. For me, that's not true. And passion is not is not something I look for in a person. Passion is overused and in many cases misused. You know, you have to be passionate about what you do. Well, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, what does that mean? And what I look for is desire, uh, because desire is something that's always there. When the passion ebbs and when the but when the passion's you know subsides as, as it always does in anything that we do. What is what is going to make you come to work? It's desire. So So desire, desire.
0: I mean,
1: it's very simple. I mean, it's come to work every day and just do a little better than you did the day before. I think if you can just do a little better at something, I don't care what it is, but make an effort every day to do something a little better than the day before, and that shows a strong that shows a strong desire for improvement. We want people to have better skills. We want to have people have better knowledge. What people have a better life and so each day you have to try to do something better than the day before and if you do that every day 10 years from now you'll have a considerable sum and, and, and it's so true um, there are so many times that a young chef wants to that I want to do that chef let me do this let me do this When am I when are you gonna let me do something different it's like you're a cook we cook every day enjoy it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's not like there's gonna be something new every day you're gonna you're gonna roast a piece of meat. Find pleasure in roasting that piece of meat every was every day. Find pleasure in sharpening your knife every day. You know, because if you want something new every day, you're not going to find that. The repetition is something that's so important. Wow.
0: Take note. <laughs> Take note out
1: there. <laughs> hire somebody because you needed to fill a station. You needed somebody to fill a post. And you said, okay, you know, you got a good resume. I'm going to hire you. I'm going to put you in. But today you just can't do that. You know, skill is certainly important, right? Their pedigree is certainly important. Where do they come from? Your 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 schools? Are you coming out of other schools? Or are you just coming out of another restaurant? Um, are you know where is it that you're coming from? It's really about it's about that person having that person in our restaurant so that we can watch them. So you can kind of see how that person moves, see how that person reacts to the environment they're in because the environment is so important. Do you think you can be in this environment? Do you think you can work in this kind of structure? Because right? they have to make that same kind of decision. You have to make the decision. It, has to be, it, has to, it can't be a unilateral decision. I can't say I want to hire you here, therefore you're hired. So making sure that we hire the right person at the right time for the right position. And there may be people that come to us that have great skills. We just don't have the opportunity to hire them at the moment.
0: So the obvious ones are cooking skills, braising, you know, sautéing, pastry making, mm-hmm. whatever. But you also need other skills, organizational, leadership. You know, um, mm-hmm. you come in as a cook. What does it take?
1: Well, the, the, the second thing we have to do with individuals is train them, mm-hmm. right? So how does somebody become effective in, in, in what they're doing? Um, well, you know, you need to give them the opportunity, first of all, so we've hired them. Second, right training. And training is not something that lasts for a specific period of time. I mean, training goes on. I mean, it can take months, it can take years to train somebody. You know, training is, is like... It's like teaching your child how to ride a bike. You know, we have training wheels on our bicycles. Why? So we don't hurt ourselves. And each child's training period is different. Some children can learn how to ride a bike in a week. <clears throat> training is very important. Making sure we're giving them the right training. If you're giving the right training, then they become effective at what they're doing. And once they become effective at what they're doing, then they're moving on to the next to the next level. And that and that's what we want to do. So how do you get to the next level? Expectation is put on you at that moment. So we need you need, you need to be trained. You need to embrace the idea of being trained and want to become proficient at what you're being mm-hmm. right? because in order to do the next thing what has to happen yeah
0: you have, to ha- have a good foundation well
1: no the thing no. that really has to happen is someone has to replace you right in order for you to have an opportunity there needs to be an opportunity above you mm-hmm. right and therefore someone needs to be coming up to take your spot so this I can't i can't i can't have somebody evolve or being promoted into a new position without having an opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. So this is a process, it's a, it's, it's a process that everybody has to be respectful of. Yes, everybody wants to move up, your, your, your position has to be filled. So that training process and that evolution continues. And then, and then the third part of what we have to do is be able to mentor. Mentor, men, talking about culinary, I'm talking about the entire, entire restaurant. Uh, and mentoring is a process that you know, sometimes goes out beyond what is professional. Right, mm-hmm. making sure that they understand, you know, the uniqueness of where they are, what they're doing, and how that how that impacts their entire life. And if we do those th- three things correctly, if we train somebody correctly, then then what's then what's the ultimate goal? What what happens to that person?
0: They blossom.
1: Well, they become better than you, and all of a sudden they become. The person that's the obvious choice or become the sommelier or become the general manager.
0: Let's move it out of the kitchen I mean you're
1: a a, a master you're a master. Does that
0: mean every generation coming up is going to be better than the generation before at your level? I want to ask you about Mm -hmm. art. You know are you a better chef than Andre Soltner because you've come after him?
1: Um, and, and is and, Jonathan Benham yeah, a better and,
0: chef than you because you've mentored him?
1: I think that I think they they are better than I am. Am I better? You know, it's hard to say that I'm better than Andre because Andre is such an icon to me. I'm not sure the people that I'm mentoring and training are going to say that they're better than me either. Mm-hmm. That's that's a sign of that's just a sign of respect. And you know, we'll have dinner together. He, he's, he's in one room. He's, I, you know, I I could never do this. Right? And I look at him. I go, well, that's crazy. You're under Salter. And then they go, and I go, know, this is amazing what you're doing. I, I, I can never do that. They look at me and go, you're Thomas Keller. Let's mm-hmm.
0: say you all have the same skill sets, mm-hmm. and you've mentored mm-hmm. someone to mm-hmm. that stage. Then it's personality, Mantegna mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and competing mm-hmm. ateliers, right mm-hmm. in Florence. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think you, you're at that for sure at that level. Mm-hmm. And the. You're, Philosophy, your 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 vision, your sure. your art to it. So what you're doing is bringing them to a privileged club mm-hmm. or, or great intellectual space. How cook? How intellectual is cooking? How much of art well, at your level yeah. is? I mean,
1: my job is is, is, to pre- is to prepare them. That's what I want for my staff. All my staff. Yeah, Kitchen but you're and still you still
0: you. you with food. You're so um, sophisticated, advanced. People still want to. Eat. Well,
1: you you have this point of view. Uh, about who I am but from my point of view it's just that's just me
0: and so you may conceive a dish you know and you mm-hmm. see this all the time mm-hmm. everyone will do it differently mm-hmm. it will be done executed mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. but it's just different is that art at that level
1: um, I, I really have a hard time with the idea that food is art mm-hmm. right? I mean it's 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 just it nurtures us um, Fashion nurtures us. So is, uh, is is that art? Is everything that everything that nurtures us is art? I, I think everybody
0: get upset if we spent next ten minutes on discussing what is <laughs> Who's art, art and what's not. Yeah, what so
1: food art. to me, you know, is something that you know is the same in the, 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 in the way in the same way that you would analyze a painting. Right. But at the end of the day, it's really about the, mm-hmm. what it does for you—the flavors, the reference points—and mm-hmm. maybe that that's the same thing with art as well. Mm. Um, I just don't consider it to be as, uh, as a...
0: Well, for me, art is something that uh, takes your mind and mm. and grows it mm. in a um, in a challenging mm-hmm. and beautiful way. And I've had dishes, cauliflower mm-hmm. soup, mm-hmm. and that was such a lowly mm-hmm. vegetable, and then breaking through the gelée mm-hmm. and the caviar. <laughs> and um, you know, is that art in our in our sense? It's more than technique. It took. Intellectual application, the mm-hmm. beauty of a lonely cauliflower. But you don't know, know that. In... But you don't know
1: that. You don't know what made him think of that. Process was he may have just thought it. You know, I mean, cauliflower. Okay, it's white. It's like potato. We can puree it, and cauliflower. It can really. It's, a, it's earthy uh, tones to it. So it's going to really go well with with caviar. Poem. I'm going to do that.
0: So what <laughs> did the whole group?
1: Did Rubishan tell you that's that's what he did? Or did he, did he, have you ever asked him that question? I mean, was it, or was it just, just kind of no, intuitive? No, it It's kind of intuitive to you. I, in, it, I mean, oysters and pearls. I mean, people think a grocery store, saw a box of tapioca said pearls on it, and that was it. <laughs> you know, it's not, there was no, but there was no everyone intellectual, talks. there was, there was no, it was not, it was not an intellectual process, it was an initial reaction.
0: Is there any one dish that you've created to, ...that you, you today still kind of smile and think that was...
1: We we, we see things and we're inspired by something, and we interpret it as in something that's meaningful for us, and then that's how we come up with things. Right? I mean, true creation is left to something else. There's nothing... Everything that's on the earth has always been here. There's nothing new. We just manipulate it in different ways to come up with something that we like. I think the cornet may be one of those, those dishes or those compositions that, I mean, to take something... That resembled an ice cream cone because that's where the inspiration came from. It came from an ice cream cone. I didn't create the coronet, although it's been copied over and over again. It's like I just copied an ice cream cone. I just made it savory, right? okay. so it wasn't it wasn't true creation. That referenced dishes that we were that we had when we were kids. Okay. Um, macaroni and cheese um, was is a good example of that. Right. So people had a different point of view of it. Which was the shrimp cocktail when I did that at Raquel, which you know to to establish it as a drink as opposed to. You know, what, when you say shrimp cocktail, you're envisioning, what, five shrimp hanging over a dish with kini glass. Yeah. You know, it tasted yeah. like a shrimp cocktail. Right. So those are the kind of things that I think that, that are, are fun to do mm-hmm. uh, in reinterpretation. They're passé or, you know, cliché. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to move on. You have to evolve.
0: How is the arena different and, you know, is it a healthy arena for a chef to break through and, let's say, be just recognized as a good chef?
1: Well, you have much more opportunity to be recognized as a good chef because people are, are looking for that. Um, you know, there were there were pockets of great chefs, certainly in New York City where Andre was. I mean, he was the king of New York City. You know, he had the best restaurant. There wasn't a lot of competition mm-hmm. for him. Um, there was more competition within the city with all with all the other great chefs. You know, you have not just the opportunity to become a chef, you know, from a culinary background. You can you can be, you know, be, be in publishing. You can be in... Um, Research and development. I mean, there's so many things that Public you can policy. do. Yeah, there's yeah. so many things that you can do today. When yeah. I started, you know, becoming you were going to cook for the rest of your life, and I chose to. I chose to follow the path of, of French cooking because that's that's what I loved. I love I the French culture, the French society, great cooking was, and that's that's where, where I got involved with in in trying to elevate my skills to that level, to that level of Andre Saltoner for for so many of us, and all, as well as those great chefs here in, in New York City at the time. Um, today, I think you have much more opportunity to to break through all over the country, mm-hmm. where where good food has become important to a lot of people.
0: Let me ask you about failures. Have you ever had failures, and how how do you deal with failures and move on?
1: It's a big part of everybody's life, um, and certainly in the kitchen, I think you fail you fail lots of times. You know, you fail at at, at slicing your first onion. You fail by cutting because cut the onion, still got to cut the onion with the... With your fingernail bandaged, um, you, you 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 get over failures just by perseverance. You just you just continue to work. You don't let it define who you are. You you allow it to become a growth spurt in who you are. And is I think, that
0: mental discipline?
1: Uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it certainly is mental dis- discipline. I think it's you know the fact that if you if you have enough strength and enough confidence and courage then you can overcome anything. That actually becomes those things you, you embrace the most and you talk about the most. Proudest moments when you fail because, because they allowed you to break through. They allowed you to become somebody better than you were before you failed.
0: What about public criticism? I don't know. You just ignore it?
1: Oh, well, I think that... I don't mean a complaint. No, no, I, I understand. That it, it's some, it's <laughs> I, I think think that mo- you're all over it. Yeah, I think like, the most but... important thing to do is to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and be- believe, believe in your group. Believe in the people that are around you. And they believe in what you're doing. And I think if you truly believe in what you're doing, and, you, and your colleagues believe in what you're doing, then the public criticism can just, you know, it's, it's there. It'll always be there. I mean, that's, that's your, your job is to criticize. But believe me, there's nobody more critical about what we do than ourselves, that mm-hmm. what we do than ourselves. Mm-hmm. So,
0: You know, today there's a lot of people um, that have a dream mm-hmm. and they go to school or they struggle. A lot of us don't have the luxury of living in our hometowns with our families. Uh, a lot of people come to the big mm-hmm. cities, let's say. And how much of a support system do they need? Um, you know this whole thing yeah. of you know asking for the minimum wage very hard for young chefs to work because the wage is so low. Mm-hmm. Starting wages. Mm-hmm. Um, what about that low minimum wage? I mean, this is a, a, a tricky question. I don't mean yeah, to I know, put I know, you I don't, on yeah. the spot, but yeah. you know we are talking across many uh, right. industries. It's almost. You're talking about it as a learning stage. Right. It's almost a, a uh, we call it a stage, an yeah. apprenticeship. Yeah. But, you know, it's a tough, long hours, new city. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of advice would you give somebody in that?
1: You know, it's, I, you find a way. In 1982, maybe 1983, um, lived in France for a year and a half and didn't make a dime. I lived off, I lived off my savings. I lived off the goodwill of others. I... Lived in restaurants, so I could, I ate, so I didn't have to worry about buying food. Money um, didn't go out. I mean, I lived there um, and made it work. So because sacrifices. I yeah, sacrifices was a huge thing. Um, coming to a city as a young cook, you know, is, is difficult. Um, I moved to and worked here, and it's hard, but I, I found a way to do it. I mean, there are ways to do it. Uh, I lived in a, in a, in a modest studio. I've and, you know, I went to work every day. I spent my whole day, you know, six days a week, you know, 12, 14 hours a day, and I just slept at home. Fire. My money, the money that I made went to pay the rent, basically, mm-hmm. and my cleaning, and that was it. That's it desire, isn't it? It's desire, commitment. It's all, those, it's all those things which are really important in, a, in any profession, in any profession, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you look around, and people coming out of, out of school who are getting high-paid jobs, I mean, they're all starting at, you know, at a, at a low wage. Journalist. <laughs> right. Playing <quite laughs> different. Yeah.
0: Um, for all the young cooks out there listening to this, and, and students in school, how long does it take to become... Uh, a chef. How? What, what do you think is the average? I know you have some people, as you said, better I mean, than
1: others. if we hire, if we hire like, a commie, I think a commie is, you know, is is anywhere between it become so uh, commie is the, to chef the, the first yeah.
0: level, entry right. level
1: course, right? and you're learning, and you're learning basics. I mean, you're learning fundamentals, and you're and you're practicing. Um, and you're also, you know, expected to be aware of what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not preparing yourself for the future, you'll never get there. You're never going to get promoted just because you. Done your t- you, you you have to be unique in a sense that you you want to be able to show the chefs before they give it to you, which is preparation. Right.
0: So you came out of the cooking apprentice on your own restaurant.
1: I had an entrepreneurial spirit. Yes.
0: Yes. So. What skill sets did you have to become the business person? How difficult was that? How naive were you? How prepared were you for that? And what would you suggest to uh, yeah. young Thomas Kelly? Well, started? you know,
1: it's interesting. I was, I was totally naive and unprepared, and I made many mistakes, but I learned from the mistakes. Right. So
0: We like failure. Yeah, failure.
1: So, you know, if, <laughs> you know, had I planned better, would I be the same person I am today? No. Um, would I be a better person? I don't know. Would I be worse? I'm not sure. I think my path was really good for me, but I, would I suggest my path to others? Probably not. So
0: what, what do you um, need to know? to I
1: think you re- with. need to realize your, um, uh, your abilities. And as a cook, I think you want to be in the kitchen. I think you need to be focused. On somebody in the dining room who ha- has the same level of Knowledge, the same desire that you have to run a dining room, and then you need somebody who's who's telling both of you, you know, how you're doing, making sure that you're being responsible to the business. Did um, you
0: have that troika when you started out? Not when
1: I started out. But <laughs> I learned pretty quickly after that. I was a really good cook, and that's what I was. I need I needed to respect that. That's that's all I could do.
0: And today, are you more than a cook? Are you a yeah? Cook? Certainly. In addition to being a chef, would you say you're a businessman?
1: Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it.
0: Do you like it? Of
1: both my professions that I like, you know, as a cook, you know, there are things that you don't like when you're cooking, right? I mean, there's just certain things that, you know, I never liked dance being sticky, right? <laughs> so, you know, um, it was probably why I didn't go into pastry. But it wasn't that the fact that I didn't do pastry, I didn't understand the skills, but it wasn't my desire. I think the same thing is true about being a businessman. There are parts of the business that you really enjoy and parts that you don't.
0: Mm-hmm. How, did, how did you learn? Did you learn by doing? Did you? I know Jean Georges. You yeah. know, when he left Lafayette, he went to business courses. Did how did you kind of round out your education? Then? I learned by
1: doing. I learned trial and error. You know, I learned by no. well, yeah. I had you know, certainly. You know, I had somebody in the dining room. I had somebody in the financial departments who were teaching me the same at the same time. What was important they knew what they were doing, they had the skills and the knowledge, and, and I and my job was to listen to them. Making sure they did, and sometimes that's a hard thing. We really have no place for egos in our kitchens or in our restaurants, whether mm-hmm. you're in the dining room or the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Ego is something we really need to be able to leave at the door.
0: How important is media?
1: Well, I think that's I think it's really important today. I think you need to be able to, not just media, but how to articulate your thoughts mm-hmm. um, to to whether it's to students, whether it's to the media, whether it's to your colleagues. I think mm-hmm. it's a really important process today. Um, you know, the media. We always have to be that that we 're truly there yet we 're still a very young profession and i don 't think we 're truly an understanding of that The media certainly the food media is part of our profession. The schools are part of our profession um, and I think we all have to be there to make sure that we 're supporting one another in in, in accurately I, don't, I think that there needs to be uh, more responsibility to the entire in criticizing somebody or i 'm not saying that you That you have to, that you have to, you have to embrace that person's point of understanding. That the impact of what we do is on our profession Mm. as a whole, and we have to be very careful, profession today.
0: So I've read recent interviews with Mm -hmm. you, and I I know that you you're very active with the CIA, and you see now your job is to influence young chefs and, and. and help them, and I, I think you're forging a new path. And in the, the, the night you find patrician chef, you're, you've almost you've moved out of the kitchen, as mm-hmm. you've said not totally out of I, the kitchen, but you really do want to influence them. So I'm going to, I don't know if anyone's coined the term, but yeah. I'm going to say that you're a patrician chef. Um, but you are definitely you're claiming that mantle, and most importantly, mm-hmm. you've uh, taken on foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you feel the Bokus door? Why is a competition mm-hmm. so important? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a labor of one person that mm-hmm. everybody invests in. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, why Why is that important? If your energy, why would you put so much?
1: Again, as chefs, we're trained to say yes. I mean, from the time you walk into a kitchen,
0: <laughs> from the time you walk into the kitchen,
1: no is not some not a word that's in your vocabulary. Right. It's always yes, chef, yes, chef, yes, chef. Um, so the the reason I'm involved in the Buku Store is because Paul Buku's called me and said, "Would you do this?" And I said, "Yes, chef." I just don't say no to the chef. So that was the that was the, the catalyst for becoming mm-hmm. involved in the Buku mm-hmm. Store. Obviously, since then, a lot has happened. And part of what's happened is, is the realization that we have an opportunity here, our profession, in a way that's never been represented before. Um, if we say that we have, in 35 years, become one of the best chefs in the world, some of the best restaurants, some of the best products in the world, why can't we say and some, some of the best schools achieve this goal of recognition through the most prestigious culinary competition in the world, which is the book It's somewhat frivolous, and I, I understand that. But when it happens, when we win, and we will win, when we win, it's a sense of pride in our community, in our professional community. The world will realize that America, yes, achieved on a world stage, a level of excellence that's never been done before.
0: Do you think that Scandinavian? I recipient
1: French. I don't know who won the last time. is it last? Uh, last year, France won. Last year. France won. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're better than ours. I think at that moment they were better than us. It's a, in that you
0: know, one yeah, in it's a football game
1: or a baseball game. Yeah. So it's
0: the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're there. You train. You go. You compete against 24 countries. So do they're we, all great chefs. You know, they're all great chefs.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll come right out and say I don't think there are art competitions mm-hmm. and once again here's mm-hmm. the art question yeah. I think you can look at people and, and appreciate the variance mm-hmm. right and and so um, is it what, what does a competition do
1: you've got uh, you know the great chefs who are present from around the world you know uh-huh. I mean it's it's really it's really thrilling and, and very impressive and very emotional to be in this room. Uh, during this time, with all these these chefs, so I think it really creates bonds that we wouldn't have otherwise. I mean, I mean, I I, I know I know Rasmus now and personally, who won the first year I was there, you know, from uh, I think it was from Norway. Um, I mean, great guy, right? Young chef. I mean, he was just so we have now we have a, a stronger community of chefs from around the world. And I think that in and of itself makes it worthy.
0: That's a great that's yeah. a great outcome yeah. of it. Um, well, we're going to be winding down now. I, I want you to take a deep <laughs> thought, and and you you've got legions of people uh, who want to follow in your If you could give one word, not of advice, mm-hmm. but a philosophy you feel deeply of, of how you would like to affect the industry, mm-hmm. about how you wish. Something that's not accomplished or mm. realized yet—that you know, for the next, for the patrician chef. Well, I think
1: there's—it's there, the, hard to come up with one, Dorothy. It's, it's, we'll it's, it's almost impossible. That. I think that, you know, certainly, you know, the the, the business model that we have embraced today would be, would be something that would be important to me. Also, and what I mean for that is that, you know, chefs, my generation, maybe a little bit before, you know, embrace this idea that you know you. You work to become a chef to own your own restaurant and to open more restaurants, right? I think that's that's a little problematic for me, mm-hmm. um, and I've done it. I mean, I've done it. It's not like I haven't done it. I'm not, but I look at that and I go, "Is that there's opportunities there? Yes, it's a good thing, you know, to, to embrace opportunity to continue to challenge yourself in many ways." I wouldn't have per se, you know, the, you know how much I love per se. Um, certainly, the other thing is is, is in education, is in making sure that, you know, in the next generations have a better education than we had. And that's, and, and, that's, and that's evident. You see that today. So how can I impact that? Um, you know, my, my, my affiliation was this change, the one thing where, where, where I think is critically flawed, and that's in the externship program, you know, trying to make that elevate the, the, the quality of, of a student's education. How
0: would you
1: change that? Um, I think there's a, there's a number of ways to, to make it aspirational. And you'd have to you'd have to reach a certain level for the restaurant and for the student. Mm-hmm. You know, the restaurant would have to reach a certain level of respect and understanding and critical claim. You know, do specific things with great point average, becoming involved in clubs. I mean, all mm-hmm. all the things that you do in in a normal college, right? To mm-hmm. to, I believe a scholarship program so that mm-hmm. the the restaurant is not responsible for. Um, Compensating problem for the restaurant. If the restaurant really is actually, to, can I
0: bring up a little? Uh, yeah, sure. Because sure. we we're doing externships yeah. now, especially yeah. in our California school right. to Pay the restaurants is yeah. because it's a federal law. Right. Okay. <laughs> and, well, see this where the law people, thing. I, I yeah. think we've got to. For all of you out there listening yeah. to this yeah. it's the thing to do, it's yeah. like the minimum wage. Yes. I think there's there's some morality here. Yeah. Well, uh,
1: but restaurants have to pay. And the problem with that is, is that then I have to find a way to be able to justify, because that student is not somebody I really need in my restaurant.
0: No, that's true. That's I why, we pay, yeah, that's why we pay yeah, the right, restaurant. And we're asking right. you to take time out right. to mentor the to student, mentor them. Exactly. not just put, have free labor there. Right.
1: So yes, it's, aspira- it's aspirational. You, have to, you as a student have to reach a certain level to be able to apply to these restaurants. Yeah. But the student's not paying. The student has the opportunity to work in a restaurant, to learn in a restaurant, and they deserve that because they have done the work to achieve that opportunity to work in that restaurant. Yes. So that, that that's one way that I would like to see our externship programs mm-hmm. around the country. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy this. I'm happy to hear that you're doing that as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, our students should be traveling internationally, or do you think there's they should just get their foundation here first well
1: i think that you know i was young you know for me i had two opportunities i could try to find a job in one of the great restaurants in new york city under mm-hmm. i failed mm-hmm. so the other opportunity for me was to go to go to france mm-hmm. and work as a stagiaire mm-hmm. and i did there are enough great restaurants
0: mm-hmm.
1: of all of all different types in our country that you don't have to leave. With that said, you're not going to have that cultural education that you would have by going to France or to Germany or to, to Italy or Spain. I think that's just a wonderful thing to do. It. And right. I would recommend that a whole highly. Yeah.
0: That, that
1: is but don't good. expect to get paid. Right. All right. That's <laughs> all right. Back to that compensation. <laughs> you're just not... Graduate school. And you're... you're right. You're, but, right. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I but, mean,
0: that's the way this... The,
1: Right, but sometimes also, I mean, what, what's happened in our profession is our higher educational facilities set our students up to think that they're going to become chefs when they leave. They're not.
0: Not coming out of our no, school, Yeah, no, right. with Solver, So the, expecta- the expectation
1: is, you know, you're, you're, you're at the bottom. Yeah. You're going to begin. Right. And you're going to spend the next five or six years getting to a point where you've learned everything you need to learn in order to become a sous chef or a chef.
0: Getting ready to graduate. One more thing. Make an omelet for all of us. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> there goes. Uh, I've you know, done that just before. One right. Just one omelet. I've done that. Well, thank you. You're
1: you always make it. You're <laughs> thank such you. an Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thank you.
0: Thomas. I want to have a shout-out to uh, Robin Cohen, my producer, and Jack Inslee. Uh, keep listening. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.